game described by two ugly gentlemen glory to columbus who are probably sitting at a soccer bar near you mcbride's in the box a hard cross mcbride scores it's 3-0 united states welcome to bone and bean united happy soccer podcast day what is up i am bone and i am beam lots to get into this week uh most of it not black and gold related just because uh well they're not great. They stink. Uh, but there is another black and gold team that we would like to talk about that does play in Columbus. They are called Crew 2, a.k.a. the Capybaras. A.k.a. the better team. A.k.a. the team that's way more fun to watch. You and I have been to a Cappy's mm-hmm. match and enjoyed that a lot more than I think about any crew game I've watched this year. <laughs> but uh, we'll talk a little bit about the Cappies and what they've got coming up this weekend. Uh, they are in their playoff push. So not playoff push. They're in the playoffs. That's happening. Um, but we've also got a little news for you on the video game side of things, because I know you are a big gamer, yep. especially when it comes to soccer mm-hmm. and FIFA. Uh, we'll talk Christian Pulisic. A lot of different articles about Pulisic this week, and one that was written a few months ago that is getting some attention again that we can bring up as well. But all that and more coming up in a little bit. Uh, a couple couple house cleaning items, then we'll get into our first thing we want to talk about today, which involves Barcelona and them being weird. Uh, but... We have the World Cup coming up in, what, uh, less than two months. Yeah, because it starts on the 20th of November, yeah. soccer podcast day, 922 this week. So we're inside two months. Yeah, that's right. So uh, just a plan on what we've got coming up for you with the World Cup. Because I don't know that we've ever fully laid this out for the audience. I know we've, we've laid it out it. for ourselves, yes. and our brains have been put into a blender trying to produce all of this hashtag content for our great listeners. Yes. Uh, we also, of course, want to thank our our wonderful soccer bar home, and that is Zaftig Italian Village, because they are making it possible that we're going to bring you all this extra coverage, because yep. we wouldn't be doing this if they weren't uh, throwing down some cash, quite honestly. That's <laughs> Well, if we're maybe, being real with you. Maybe we do it anyway. They All give I know you is, money. They just. Well, they give you the money in the form of beer. Correct. You, you, you get that all there. I spend exactly. I spend all of mine. That's right. <laughs> you. It's a it's a weird little circle you've got working mm-hmm. there. It's an its own ecosystem. Anyway, so here's what we're planning for the World Cup, just so you know. Uh, number one, we are going to have a preview episode. It may not be an hour, but we're going to do an episode for each group of the World Cup. There are yep. eight groups. We're going to preview all of them. And we're actually going to take some time and do some homework and try to be as knowledgeable as we can. We might sound stupid. That's because we are. Yes. But we're going to try our best. We're going to try to do what I'm saying is like if you try hard at school and you get a C, you it's try. We That's we're trying. And we may still end up with C level coverage for you. But we're going to maybe do that. D. Maybe D. I who knows? Probably F, but we'll try. <laughs> we'll try. Anyway, so we will have a group preview for each group. Then what we wanted to do also is have a preview. Once the rosters get put out and everything's fully official and all everybody's locked in, we will do one specific preview episode. That's just going to be us men's national team. Like yep. We are going to be focused on that. We'll talk about all the guys who got left off. What we think about the chances. We'll look again at the you know group they've drawn expectations. Things like that will all be a thing. And we'll do that a lot closer to the actual world cup. Uh, and then we'll also do a big World Cup preview because that makes sense that we would, you know, actually talk about the entire thing after breaking down all the groups separately. Then we'll do a who we think is going to emerge from this thing, who's who's to watch, dark horses, 
U.S. chances, stuff like that. We'll get into in a separate. By the way, episode. I'm going. I'm trying to what? go four for four. What you, Last oh, three World say. Cups, I've picked the winner. I picked, really? I picked the finalists. That's right. I'm trying yeah, I know to go you did four last for time. Four. Yeah. Last time I remember because we were doing the podcast. Yep. We we haven't done one since, obviously. Correct. And now we're here. Um, but so we're gonna have all that for you, and then every day during the group stage. Jesus. I don't even know why we signed up for this, but we're doing either. it. Every day for the group stage, in the evening after the games are over, and once uh, one of one of us gets off the air at six, mm-hmm. we're gonna head into a studio. Before you go off tonight, nighttime. Yep. And we're going to record a little recap every day of the group stage of what happened, of, you know, how all the action went, who did what, little recap. So if you watched it and then the next morning you want to talk about it, hear someone talking about it, we'll have a podcast waiting for you the next morning before the game start up or maybe right as they're starting up. Yeah. You'll have a, a podcast there every day waiting for you to kind of recap what happened. So even if you can't watch every single game, we're going to try to have you covered. Plus, we'll have watch parties at Zaftig. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a busy month between Thanksgiving and New and Christmas, rather. Well, thankfully, you know, Buckeye football season isn't going on at that time either. So, <laughs> going to have to figure yeah. out a way, Boom. But well, you know what? We're going to do it. That first week where you've got the U.S. It's it's Thursday night or Thursday's Thanksgiving, so there's yeah. tons of sports. Friday, you've got the U.S. playing England. Saturday's OSU Michigan. Sunday's livers explode. Yes. We'll Basically, the month of November and December, my liver is going to need a break. Yeah, that is that is one hundred percent correct. Me. <laughs> new new year, new liver coming up in twenty twenty three, and then yeah. we're going to take a break yeah. in twenty twenty three. Then we will, and then after literally, we're going to go the, on our holiday break when the World Cup ends. So do we for the rest of the year. We're going to yeah. take a few weeks off, and then we'll regroup in January, and we'll be back. But yeah, we will have to probably take some time, maybe an extended, maybe two months off. I don't know how. No, we're not going to take that long. We're not the Bundesliga after all, but we'll do something. <laughs> Um, so there's a whole bunch still going on with Barcelona and this is mess, man. They've, they've, it's weird because I've never, I guess, previously looked at Barcelona. I always liked of the two, you know, Real Madrid versus Barcelona. I have talked about how I have an affinity for Luka Modric and I have, you know, I, I do like a lot of, you know, their history and all that stuff. As far as some of the talent they've brought in, uh, to Real Madrid, but generally speaking, Real Madrid's the team of the elites. Barcelona is positioned as the team of the people. Correct. That's, that's the way it's always been positioned yeah. traditionally in that country. And so, of course, the I'm... The Galacticos. I mean, who can go out there and spend $100 million on a player each yes. and every... Like, multiple players each and every transfer window. That's right. what Real Madrid does. Barcelona, not not so much. They do that, and they've done that well, they, in the Barcelona's, past. Barcelona's... That's their, like, ethos. That's their identity. But it's kind of like an NFL team that comes from a city that used to have steel mills or something or Mm -hmm. like industry and then now has converted. It's not really that. But people still tack that on of like, oh, the the Browns from Cleveland. Yeah. Steelers. And it's like, well, there's like those two cities have tons of tech now. I mean, they they don't do as much of that anymore. But anyway, that's what Barcelona still gets, even though they spend just as much money. Yeah. I tend to side with the Barcelonas of life than the Real Madrids of life. Not I tend me, to, sir. Uh, you tend to side with the the Bezoses of the world. Absolutely. Okay. Good. Why not? I say I Elon Musk. Go ahead and purchase Manchester United. <laughs> you will welcome your Tesla overlord if he comes in. <laughs> Dogecoin. Dogecoin. Yes, to the moon. Mm-hmm. He'll take Manchester United to the moon. Send Harry Maguire there while you're at it. <laughs> all right. So anyway, I just I'm getting all that out to say. I don't hate Barcelona 
instinctively, like maybe some people do. But I cannot defend the way that Barcelona has been managed yeah. over the last, I don't know, at least four or five years mm-hmm. plus, probably a little longer than that. Um, so the latest is they're threatening legal action against a Spanish newspaper that Come leaked on, details man. of their contract negotiations with Lionel Messi in 2020. Uh, it was El Mundo is the It's a big newspaper, newspaper over in yeah, Spain. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, it's the world, right? Isn't El Mundo? Isn't that what that is? Yeah. I think. So yeah. let me just ask you this question before you get into what was in that article. You're suing them already for an article that you think is patently false and for all these different things that you're going after them as. If it if it wasn't false and it is true, why would you be going after them anyways? Like, why are you concerning yourself with what a newspaper? Haven't you been following British newspapers for the better part of the last 30 years? Literally just throwing stuff against the wall and seeing if it sticks. Yeah. Like, how much of that is actually true? You know, I just want to preface this whole thing by saying that. Right. Exactly. Like, it's. I know that people will go after newspapers for printing falsehoods. Sure. Right? But that's not what they're alleging here. They're not saying that this is false. They're saying that they leaked something that's part of a legal process, which... Yes, every contract is technically a legal process. Yeah. What are we doing? Like, what are we talking? I mean, I, again, I don't know. Obviously, uh, Spain has different rules when it comes to the press, I'm guessing, than the U.S. does. Mm-hmm. I don't know Spanish law. I don't either. When it comes to the media. But I know in the U.S., like, if a newspaper reports something and the entities that are like, ah, oh, we didn't want that reported, you shouldn't have reported that because we don't like it being out there. It's like, well, too bad. Yeah, tough donkeys. That's how this goes. Like. If it gets leaked tough and nookie. it's verified, you Fred Durst. Yes, tough. I did it all for the noogie, not the nookie. <laughs> Way to go! <laughs> Never heard tough noogies. No, oh, you got to get noogies. Those are like I think that's when you get the little scratches on your head. Well, yeah, I've heard like, of that like, too. I haven't heard it in that phrase tough before. Tough man. Yeah, I wonder if Bodie's heard it. Bodie, by the way, is our producer. He produces every episode. Mm-hmm. He, if we swear and we're not allowed to swear, he bleeps it and all that yeah. stuff. <laughs> I, I hope Bodie's heard of it. Bodie, if you're listening, because he's one of our seven listeners. Yes. Bodie, uh, I hope you know what a noogie is. If you don't, now you do. He doesn't. He has Edu- no clue. I'm educating the kids mm-hmm. is what I'm trying to do here. Anyway, so Barcelona is expressing indignation at the intentional leaking of information that is part of a legal process. Boo on that. That's okay that a newspaper did that. I have no problem with them leaking this. Now, the details of what was actually in this are quite interesting because Messi apparently wanted his release clause cut down to a symbolic 10,000 euros, yep. which is nothing. Correct. Now, this is this is what he requested in the final year of his deal to renew the deal with Barcelona. This is what he was asking for. Before he left. Before he left. He also wanted private boxes at Camp Nou for him and Luis Suarez's families, which I like that he was like, hey, I'm looking out for my boy Luis yeah. Suarez too, FYI. Uh, guarantees that deferred wages would be paid back to him, which is – in hindsight, a pretty good idea. Have you met Barcelona lately? It's a good idea for them, I guess, not to take on this contract because then they would have had to pull like the 10th and 11th and 12th and 13th and 14th economic levers oh, that they're... Yes, right. Yeah, I but don't I'm, even... say, I'm saying for Messi oh, yeah. to say like, if you expect me to believe you're going to finance this right. deal, I'm not going to defer compensation to a time where you may be bankrupt Correct. Or, or whatever. I'm going to take it all. I need it in writing that it's happening and I need it guaranteed. Uh, he also wanted backdated commission payments to be paid to his brother Rodrigo for his work as an agent. Again, basically, it sounds like even with their best player in club history, possibly in world history that mm-hmm. anyone's ever seen, Barcelona were nickel and diming. Yeah. All the way to the end. And he did not. 
clearly he didn't have trust. He did not have any level of trust for the team that he, you know, that brought him up, that helped him with issues when he was younger, fostered his growth as a as a child prodigy no into a world renowned player. He that's how much of this relationship's been tarnished, and that's how badly they've been managed. Well, remember too when we went back to when Lionel Messi left Barcelona. How I forget who the guy was at the time. Was it Bartomeu? One of their like club directors was like, hope you know, selfishly. Bartomeu, I believe. He's yeah. like selfishly. I was hoping that Lionel Messi would have just signed for free. And it's like, what are you talking about, man? What are you doing? And then so I mean, we're years removed now. Mm-hmm. We're Lionel yeah. Messi's second year over in La Liga playing or not La Liga, Legend, uh, Legend, playing for PSG and doing these things. And we're just now learning about everything that went down. So it said that El Mundo. The revelations detail how Messi wanted a three-year contract extension until 2023 with a 10 million euro signing bonus and a unilateral option to extend the contract until 2024. So we know there's team options. We know there's player options and contract. Unilateral means both. They both have to agree to terms to get done. So Lionel Messi was also willing to take a 20% deferral to his annual salary, which is fine. Barcelona wanted him to basically that's, push everything off. That's why he wanted the guarantees on the deferment, right? Correct. They are saying, yeah, maybe if we give that to you, we need 20% off, but we'll pay it back later. So the 20% deferral, which is around 70 million euros. God. Think about that for a second. That's 20% is 70 million? It's all right. He's doing fine for himself. 10% would be 35 million. So it's 350 million. Imagine just taking a percentage of a percentage of what he made yeah, and having that for your bank account. I'm good. I'm good to go on that. So in 2021, oh. he wanted to do that, uh, but one of guarantees that he would be paid deferred sums back the following years with added interest. So literally adding interest to his contract because he doesn't trust the club that much. Later that year, after an 8-2 defeat against Bayern in the Champions League, Messi filed a transfer request and a form recorded delivery, but it wasn't until 2021 that he left for PSG. In 2021, he agreed to terms of a new contract with new president, Joan Laporta, including a 50% pay cut, although Barca could not afford to register with La Liga. That is, again, this is this is the This is one of the biggest clubs in the world. This is yeah. one of the biggest sporting organizations in the world. Right. That is doing this with one player who is the greatest, arguably, of all time. I I don't understand why when Lionel Messi walks into your office, especially given some of the schlubs that they have brought in over the years and paid so much money to, Lionel Messi walks in and is like, hey, here are my demands. You just say, great, done. Whatever they are. Whatever they are. You're Lionel Messi. This is Barcelona. We never want to see this partnership end because Mm -hmm. you are the greatest player in the world. I mean, they're invested in that narrative. Even if you want to argue it's Pele or whoever else you want to argue, fine. But I'm just saying for them, it should be a no brainer. We want to, we want to promote that and we want that to be the case. And we want you to be here for the rest of your career. That's not happening. Obviously he already left this, this, this legal battle that they're talking about though. And, and part of this, what they're mad about is because the Barca gate case is still ongoing. And that case is about third party payments, which is not a good thing. They did not, that that is something that was forbidden under a lot of their contracts that they did anyway or alleged to have done. Uh, they also are, of course, accused of breaching international protocols. And the biggest one was, and this is one we talked about quite a bit, the smear campaigns against club legends yeah. involving Bartomeu. Joseph Bartomeu, Joseph Maria Bartomeu. That was the guy you were talking about. That yeah, and Frankie de Jong has been the most recent one, the most yes. notable one in recent in recent memory. And then they always claim, oh, that, uh, we, we 
didn't do no, anything. We didn't do wrong. any of that. But it's like they leak stuff to the press that then gets out. So for them to then for complain then their fans, about for leaks, them, then their fans to go out and be like, "Hey, Frankie, take a pay cut, man." Yeah, right. It, it's, dude, it's so bizarre, and I, I know it's something that. Doesn't go on often to this level, but it happens in sports a little bit at, at all levels where teams try to control these narratives. Mm-hmm. Teams try to almost do a little bit of propaganda. And I don't sure I don't appreciate that typically, but usually it's stuff like the team reporter for, you know, whatever NFL team is saying that this is occurring, like an injury news or something. And they'll get that to him or her yeah. as opposed to like the beat writer because they want to control the party. Yeah, they yeah. want to they want to control the narrative and make sure that it doesn't get too out of whack. They you know that they'll give the star player who's like, yeah, I, I actually feel like I I think I could go in the next couple of weeks. They'll give that guy to the team reporter as opposed to like the the outside reporters who may have reported otherwise. They're like, oh, he's going to be out six weeks or Correct. eight weeks. You know, yeah. they'll sometimes that stuff happens in American sports. This is beyond that. This is them publicly going out in the newspapers and leaking stuff about people's personal lives, saying how they're awful humans behind the scenes. And then that's only comes out when it's time that they say, yeah, we think Frankie DeJong isn't worth it. Or we think Lionel Messi, we shouldn't have to pay all this money or whatever it or is. Look how he hide and dried us in these financial times. You know who the bad yes. guy is? He is. Yeah. We're not. Made- we're doing everything that we can. And of course, people who already see, Messi possibly is the villain because he doesn't want to play there. Sure, and you can see that as a Barcelona fan. That's okay. Yeah, so you're right to understand that. Because you're going to be with Barcelona the rest of your life. Lionel Messi is someone who probably means a lot to you, mm-hmm. but if he's going to leave, he's not going to play for your team next year. You care about that to some degree. People are willing to believe those narratives if they're thought to be brought honestly, and that's the problem is the team knows they can take advantage of that, and they do it, and it's very disgusting. So, so I'm always um I, I've liked Barcelona for forever. Like I'm I'm with you. Like I've, yeah, I've like loved, I've tended to side with them if I'm gonna pick one of the giant clubs. Like I like to see them do well. Like I loved Ronaldinho when he was playing oh for Barcelona. God, yes. Carlos Puyol's like one of my favorite players of all time. I love Fat Ronaldo back Fat in the Ronaldo day. was great. Javi and Iniesta are like two of the best playmakers of all time and watching them work together was just beautiful. Watching Messi, Neymar and Suarez play was so much fun. Everything that has gone on with this club that has been brought to light over the last three years has just been ridiculous. And I I don't know. I mean, I they treat their players fine. That's okay, whatever. But for them to just high and dry everybody when it gets tight for them and then to pin their players as villains every time that something goes wrong and it's their yeah. fault, it's their fault, it's our manager's fault, it's the fans' fault, we're not at fault for doing anything. And then to be this seedy when you're having horrendous economic problems, I don't get it, man. Like, they have lost at all shreds of my respect for them as an organization. Oh, yeah, right. And that's that's a it's a really sad thing, too, because this is something that I find is more of a topic that could be a, a broader discussion for some other day. We but- do a whole mini-series of podcasts, like – Oh, we could. Well, no, I've, I've honestly, and I, I hope I'm not putting this out there than someone actually goes and does it, but if they do it and they do it well, good. Take the idea and run with it. I've always thought a podcast that would be really interesting to listen to, a series of them, would be the elites, the billionaires, the GMs, owners, whoever it is that ruins sports, mm-hmm. the gatekeepers, the the you know, the Stan Kroenke's of the world. Sure. Like, But also there are these team presidents of uh, who just get control and then they they run teams into the ground. The Glazers they of get the on, world. They get on ego yeah. trips. Sometimes it is like, yes, yeah, sometimes it's the ownership and they're the ones that are the villains. And sometimes it's the owners being just dumb 
And then the true villains are the people who run the club yeah. in a bad way. Mm-hmm. And I mean, obviously, Barcelona works a little differently. A lot of these teams in Europe are owned in slightly different ways than traditional American sports yeah. ownership, right? Or traditional even English Premier League ownership. But yeah, it's still, it just sucks to see team presidents just going out there, lying about things, putting stuff out there to run guys into the ground. And I know that it's hard to feel bad for Lionel Messi. He yeah. certainly got his money and he's got his foibles, right? He's skipped out on taxes quite a few times, allegedly. Sure. Like there's been trouble there. I get it. But the reality is when you put that much effort into it and you play the game at such a high level and the place that that you that benefited the most from any of that, they then the second they can't afford you or they don't like how the negotiations are going, they just run your name into the ground. Why would you want to play there? Right. I I, I know that <laughs> I know Barcelona calls still a lot of people would be honored to go play there. And a I lot get of people it, but still will be. Yes, of course. They're but, not going away. But you know how it's going to go. If you suddenly sour as a player or they just can't afford you or you, you've got an option to go somewhere else, nine times out of ten, unless things change, they're going to be the ones out there putting it out there that you suck and that you're doing something behind the scenes. And, that, and, and it, I don't even know how you can get away with that. I don't know how you can put stuff out there that's either patently false or specious at best that is on your own players. Like, I don't know how you can have a, I don't know how you can have a franchise and do that. They do. They have a team, and somehow they get away with it. I guess that's what the powerful people do, right? They get away with stuff. Throw stuff at the wall, see what sticks, and then everything else that stinks, they go, oh, I, it's I not didn't, my fault. It's not my fault. I didn't do that. I we didn't would never. Fart. I that's didn't crap. Below, that's below our standards. Mm-hmm. We would never produce something like that at Barcelona. So, yeah, gross situation. Too bad that that's how it's going. And I feel for all the Barcelona fans who are just sitting there going, great, this is our team. Way to go. Like, this, this just has to suck for them. Uh, We'll take a break. When we come back, Christian Pulisic, lots of news about him this week. Lots of at least online discussion about him. We'll have some of that in real life coming up next. It's Bone and Beam United brought to you by Zaftig Italian Village. Brought to you by Zaftig Italian Village. All right. So let's talk Christian Pulisic, the, uh, Wonder I mean, Boy, Wonder Boy, the the American player that the hopes and dreams of a country of soccer loving idiots is pinned on. We're all we're all hoping mm-hmm. that he can have his best run of games ever and be the leader that everyone wants to see him play, wants to see him be in the World Cup. A little dicey right now, given playing time with Chelsea. Manager has switched. A lot of upheaval, which he was shocked about. Yeah, he was shocked about a lot of things, apparently, um, because there's an article that came out, and I I didn't realize that this was in the works, but apparently Christian Pulisic has a book coming out. Okay. Um, the book is called My Life. Is it My Life So Far? I'm trying to – I have it in the article, and I don't know why I can't find it here. My um, Dad's Time on Twitter is what it's called. <laughs> right. Um, but anyway, he has a, a, my journey, Christian Pulisic, my journey so far. Okay. That's what it's called. All right. uh, there's an excerpt published this week, and I will read to you. Now, the part, the part that I saw was that he was dumbfounded and very disappointed by the decision to bench him, which I, I would be dumbfounded and disappointed, too, if I got mm-hmm. benched, uh, in the Champions League semifinal second leg against Real Madrid in 2021. So you may remember that when they were in Madrid, they Chelsea tied in that game. Pulisic started and scored the goal. That was the tying goal. I yeah. mean, that, that was a good thing. And right? then Real Madrid ripped their hearts out as yes, they did Real basically Madrid. everybody in <laughs> yes, the run did. up to their title. Yes, they did. But he then 
he then says that Tuchel promised him he would be playing in the second game, and he had no reason to doubt that because he thought, well, of course I'm going to be playing. I scored. I've mm-hmm. been a starter for this team. So when they played Fulham that weekend, I guess, he didn't play at all in Premier League action, and Ballistic was like, yeah, it made sense because they told me I was going to start, and they were saving me for that. Mm-hmm. Then he comes off the bench in that Real Madrid game, and he said when he found out that he was going to be on the bench, uh, he said – uh, Tuchel on the ma- on match day of the second semi, Tuchel tells me he's changed his mind. He's going with Kai, Kai Havertz. Yep. I honestly was dumbfounded and very disappointed. I thought I'd earned a start, and most importantly, he had assured me previously I was going to start. Um, so he said that that led to the strained relationship that they started to have, and it kind of as you do unraveled in from sports. There. Yeah, manager tells you one thing. Okay, great. You're sitting me against Fulham. No big deal. Match day comes around, big, huge semifinal of a European championship coming up. And I'm told all week, okay, you're not starting against Fulham. Sweet, perfect. Got to rest my legs, get ready to take on Real Madrid with a chance to go to the Champions League final, maybe back-to-back for Chelsea. Right. All right, I'm going to be a critical run in this team as I was last year. Poof, gone. Well, and he is claiming in this book that this issue even happened in part during the game when he scored that goal. He had this little excerpt, too. He said, on the run that ended up being the one that he scored on, he said, as I take off on the run, I hear Thomas Tuchel yelling from the sideline, Christian, stay in the pocket. Don't make that run. But I just had the feeling I'd find the space and get on the end of the pass, so I continued the run. Now, that seems very – I'm not trying to just – I'm not trying to say Christian Pulisic is lying here, but this is a book that is being published. I'm sure it's written by someone else. It's it's being put out by him. Yeah, it's I mean, in it's, his it's, own it's, words. Right. Yeah. So it is. This is a book that is going to have a narrative that suits him, no doubt. And very as much do all books when they're written not, about an individual that is spoken out loud about an individual. Even if that's true, that like if that anecdote is a hundred percent true, and Thomas Tuchel is literally like, "No, Christian, do not do the thing," and he's like, "I stay in the pocket." You. Hush, you soccer genius. I am too a soccer savant. All and within I, a sp- one and a half right. seconds. Like in all this time, and they could process all this, and he actually could hear that. That doesn't mean Thomas Tuchel is a bad coach. Doesn't mean he's not worth listening to. It means in that, how many times have we seen that when you watch any sport where it's like, no, 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 no. Oh, yes, thank God yes, it went yes, in. yes, yes, yes. Right. Yeah. Like uh, you, whether it's a big pass in a football yeah, game, sure. whether it's a three pointer that the coach is like, don't shoot that. Oh, thank God it went in. Right. Like. Sometimes your coach is saying probability of that happening is not good. Right. But it's I'm glad you made the run and it worked out. That doesn't mean he's a bad manager. It doesn't mean Pulisic did a bad thing. There's sometimes a manager and the player just see things differently. But clearly this affected him. And he is, I guess, kind of making the connection that Tuchel let that linger. And then that's what caused next week to be like, hey, screw you. You're not playing at all. You didn't listen to me, even though you scored a goal. I don't know if it's that tidy. I don't know if it's that either. I mean, come on, man. It's Thomas Tuchel. He's a world pedigree coach. I mean, I know they had his shortcomings and Chelsea ended up firing him a couple of weeks ago, but still it's a guy who won you the champions league the year before all of this is happening, but I don't know. I mean, wasn't Todd Bailey's thing is that Thomas Tuchel was harnessing power at Chelsea and he wasn't giving anybody else any power or any say. So maybe Thomas Tuchel is that petty. I don't know. I mean, who are you going to trust? Is it Thomas Tuchel? Is it Christian Pulisic? I would have to probably side somewhere in the middle there. Like, I don't right, know if I yeah. believe 100% of Pulisic's treatment. I don't know if I believe 100% of Tuchel's story to what, what would come out. 
Yeah, it's. I think it's probably a mixture of both guys' narratives. Like, it's probably some truth in both of them. Like, I'm sure Tuchel would say, yeah, we had our run-ins, but he doesn't tell you that, like, this and this and this were going on in training. Sure. And things I was noticing, and I'm looking at film, and, I mean, we're grinding this tape all the way up to the game and making decisions. That if you make that run, then Real Madrid can counterpoint us on a counterattack and go up yeah. in the game. Yeah. You know, I don't, maybe it was – of course it was tactic strategy that he's talking about there, but I don't know. Yeah. Right. So I, I'm not sure exactly what that has. I'm not sure if that is truly the way it all went down. But Polisic also talked about there was an article that came out a few months ago from The Athletic, and it was a guy by the name of John Muller who put this out in June. Okay. And I saw him retweet this, this author, this author, because he said, hey, um, you're probably going to learn more from this article I wrote for The Athletic about Christian Polisic than you will in his own book, because, you know, I went through and looked at something. Um and it, the article, I would encourage you all to read it. It's from The Athletic. It's How Chess Explains Christian Mate Polisic or Mate Polisic. I'm not sure how you pronounce, pronounce his middle name. His middle name is his, uh, his grandfather who meant a lot to him, who came over from Europe. Mm-hmm. He was an immigrant. He played a lot of chess. Christian Polisic played a lot of chess. And to the point they actually noticed in this article, he, the guy did a ton of research who wrote this, but the amount of minutes that Christian Polisic played chess uh, when he first picked up the game he joined the site. This is all on an online chess site that you okay. can see people's stats. Christian Pulisic joined this site a year and a half ago, according to this article. The account has logged 1,238 untimed games, Whoa. 3,659 games on the clock, and 2,115 puzzles. So this author then says, if each one of those took five minutes, which it may not have, may take longer, who knows, that would work out to 35,000 minutes of chess <laughs> Or nearly four months of 40-hour work weeks. Oh, my God. By comparison, since the start of the 2021 season, he's played 5,776 minutes of football across all competitions for club and country. (laughs) 35,000 minutes of chess, 5,000 minutes minutes of soccer. (laughs) He said, maybe it's time we started thinking of Christian Pulisic as a full-time chess player with a lucrative Premier League hobby. (laughs) So, but then, I mean, that's awesome. Now the article, and it's crazy. I I would encourage everyone to read this because I also know very little about chess. Do you play any chess? I've watched the Queen's Gambit. Okay. I have not even done that. So that's how little I've done in chess. That's all I know. Okay. But, and there's a giant cheating scandal going on in the chess world right now. I, I think I heard about this. Did it involve any type of, uh, some sort of back to Elon Musk. (laughs) Oh, was, oh yes, but it was involved. I want to say some adults, uh, Mm -hmm. some adult. It, orifices and vibrations there were cheaters there, listen you can go to new orleans to get beads these beads you don't get in new orleans at least not at mardi gras and if you do maybe bigger i don't know i don't know how those things right. work anyway go go google that on your own time um but what i will tell you is with this article apparently with these online chess rooms and this online chess account you can go look at anybody's account that's public and you can not only see every game they've played, you can see their tendencies, what moves they yeah. like to make, what their opening move typically is, how they're going like to run the start. Queen's Gambit. Today. Yes, right, exactly, right. There's all these. I mean, there's all these different strategies and names of different philosophies in chess. Like, all right, for this move that you do, like let's say, and I don't even, I don't know the names of any of these. I'm just making these up on the fly. Like, T Bone is going to start off with the, the flying V. 
Yeah. And then the best yeah. counterattack for that would be, well, uh, the groundhog or the hedgehog. Right, right, like right, right. Point, yes. counterpoint, and then you just literally play off of each and every game as its its own move. Yes. So this is so they, they talk about how Polisic's most common opening is something called the Vienna game Max Lange defense. Sounds awesome. Where both sides bring out their king's pawn followed by the queen's knight. Um, on his third move, Polisic likes to develop his king's bishop to square c4. This position, which he's played 201 times, looks like this. They have a little graph of it in the article. But he basically talks about how a lot of what he does in chess is very aggressive, and he's trying to go right at you know the other player's it's a personality uh, trait pawns right next to the king. That's how he likes to play. And so then they juxtapose this all throughout the article. It's a great article about how this is essentially what Christian Polisic does in games too, and this is where because he's apparently not that great of a chess player. <laughs> like he he's he's okay, yeah. but he he they they talk about how some random dude in India was playing him, it was kind of like a novice in his own right, and he just, you know, took Christian Pulisic to task and basically beat him and then later he looked this guy up and he's like, "This looks like Christian Pulisic." Wait a minute. The soccer player that I watched, the kid was a Chelsea fan who was playing this. That's and unbelievable. So, yeah, they sorted out that it actually was Christian Pulisic. Anyway, so my whole point of reading this is to say, Christian Pulisic, if you want to get into his head, you can. Yeah. That, that commercial he's done where it's like there's so much pressure, 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 right? Like, I mean, obviously, when people are analyzing your chess moves mm -hmm. on your this is how I blow off Steam website, yeah. you know you're in pretty deep. I'm wondering if he can handle the pressure that's going to be on him because this is the first time he's real he's had it all his career. No doubt. Chelsea's a big deal, right? But the world is watching now. You're at the World Cup and you didn't get to do that last time because of our you know, stupid qualifying effort, which no need to go into, but yeah, this is, this is a tattooed thing. millionaires. Exactly right. So this is a thing for Christian Pulisic. This is something to keep an eye on, but uh, I will try to post that as well. Bone beam United on Twitter. Uh, the article, if you want to go read it, it's very good, but well, I guess uh, the good news is for Christian Pulisic. And I know we'll get to this more when we do our actual world cup breakdown for the U S men's national team as he's going to have a bevy of options to help him out. And I'm not even looking as Christian Pulisic, being the guy for the U.S. men's national team. So I guess that's, that's right. good news that's for him. That's right. I know. Like, he's got that tacked on as probably the most famous national team player, but you're right. I I tend to think guys like Gio Reyna are going to have a yeah. bigger Tyler Adams, right? Brendan Aronson. Like, these guys all have things that they have to put together for this team. Needless to say, you got to have your goalkeeping solid. You got to have yeah. everything solid. You got. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of things that are that are going to be happening. So, yeah, I'm excited to, uh, to see how this all goes and to – to watch all that when we get there, but we're not there yet. Uh, finally, let's get to it. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the black and gold team that has actually been fun to watch. Crew 2. Yeah. So get, catch people up on where Crew 2 is right now and what's happening. With all them. right. So playoffs happening. Historic Crew Stadium this weekend. 2.30 or 3 o'clock game. I'm not sure. Sometime in the middle of the afternoon. By the way, weather's going to be great in Columbus. I've been looking at the uh, weather forecast. Yeah. Because, you know, yesterday, not soccer podcasting day, Wednesday, last day of summer was like 95 degrees with 3,000% humidity. This week, it's like 65 and it's yeah. going to be gray and cloudy. It's going to start to feel like fall. It's going to be a perfect time uh, to go out. So they're playing at Historic Crew Stadium. Actually, playing against Rochester uh, in the MLS. Rochester Next Rhinos, yes. That's right. Um, and so they've lost a game to them 4-0, which is probably their worst loss of the season. I don't have their schedule in front of me, but they haven't lost very many games. And then they drew them 0-0 earlier on in the season. So should be a fun test. Semifinals of this of uh, of the playoffs coming up. I got it. I actually had to catch myself there. I didn't want to interrupt you, but I said Rochester Rhinos and then I remembered that that's wrong. 
because we talked about this like way back when it happened. Rochester Rhinos is one of the long time was a USL team. They had been like a lower level team. They they had a follow like, like Char- the Riverhounds, like yes, yeah, like the Pittsburgh Riverhounds, Charleston Battery, yeah. like teams. We that, kick their ass every year in the preseason tournament. That's right. It's no longer the Rochester Rhinos. What is it? They are Rochester NYFC. It's dumb. It is so dumb, and their their logo is dumb. Everything it's about an this R is and stupid. NY, and it's green, and there's just too. It looks like a scene out of the Matrix. It's stupid. But it was, yes, at one time, the Rochester Rhinos. Now they're Rochester NYFC. I hate it. I, T-Bone here for don't like it. Also don't like the blackout that's going on at Ohio State, Wisconsin, for what that's worth. Not my thing. <laughs> but since I'm just ranting. Give me I, a cappy fact. You teased that at the beginning of the show. Okay. So I now, because of so many things, the capybaras are obviously what people call crew two. Love the nickname. It's great. Did you know capybaras swim? Have yeah. you ever seen one of these things? Uh, I knew they, that. they look like, I mean, they kind of look Bone, like. I've logged as many hours watching Planet Earth and Life with David Attenborough as Christian Pulisic has on his chessboard at home on his computer. They're everything there is to know about a capybara. They're excellent swimmers. Capybara, yes. So that not only are they excellent swimmers, they do this thing under the water, which you've got to look it up. And maybe I should tweet this out too from Bone and Beam United. Uh, they do this thing underwater where when they're swimming, they actually get to the bottom of like the bed of, you know, if it's a river or mm-hmm. creek, whatever they're in. And they look like they're running along the bottom of it, but they're they're not actually touching. They're just like this is how they're swimming. They're but gliding. It's, they're basically. gliding along the bottom of the of the water. It Think is, of it as like a duck. You know when they're yes. when they're moving yes. when they're moving their webbed feet. They do the same thing, but lower sub, submerged in the water, right on top of the water bed. Yes, they do. Um, so I encourage everyone to watch the cappies, the real ones, and then go watch your crew too. <laughs> Also, because they're both fascinating and entertaining, and much more entertaining than watching the actual crew. Like, not team even, right now. not even close. No, and was, I didn't even want to talk about what happened. I'm not. We're not going to because it's we, international break, every, and I don't want to get that frustrated. Everybody knows what the, the crew have to do, and that is now they need other teams to help them. Yeah. So thanks a lot. Good job. Way to go, everybody. But uh, yeah, we'll cover that when when we get back with uh, the next thing next time they play. We'll get back to it again, but we're just going to take a little week off where we give some love to the Capybaras, and hopefully we have more to talk about with them. Hopefully we have more to talk with uh, Crew 2 in general. I'd love to occasionally get into that here on the show. Uh, anything else from you before we get out of here? Uh, FIFA coming out next week. Oh, yeah. This is the this is one of the best stories of the week. Uh, you can play as AFC Richmond and Ted Lasso in the new version of FIFA. You can't fix the career mode, which I usually play, mm. but you can... Have What's Ted wrong Lasso with the career mode? It What's, it sucks. It sucks. It's been the same suck? thing for the last 10 years. Oh, because they they've never changed. Yeah, it. it's oh, just okay. you're putting all these microtransactions into Ultimate Team and everything else. And then I go want I want to go play a season or a career mode and build up my own team, and that's not even a thing that's possible in the game. It's very dumb. That's that does sound dumb. It sounds awful. I'm and sorry you know what? what I'm like a you. drug addict, and I will buy this new game and I will yell at the TV because that's what I do. It's like they should have fixed this four years ago. If EA ever, hasn't if, fixed this since four years ago. If you ever want to feel better about FIFA, I'll come over and play with you, and you will whip me ten to nothing because I am I am terrible at I'm terrible at video games in general. I've just not played in so I'm long. I'm excellent at them. I know. Well, I'm I'm getting that vibe, and I just I don't I don't I. If you ever played Madden, I would get smoked. <laughs> if I played Halo, which I know is not even the game people are playing, but like. I used to get smoked in Halo, mm-hmm. Goldeneye. I was the person that always got shot first. Like, just not good at them. So 
I don't know what my spatial awareness when it comes to my thumbs and the screen. I can't put all the hand-eye coordination together. It doesn't work. But. I will buy this game, and again, I will yell the TV, which is going to suck because neighbor Eric's going to be next door, and it's going to sound like he's, a murder's committed yeah, he's in gonna, my house. He's going to be wondering. By what the way, happened. our good friend Mike Bennett, uh, who has come on this podcast before, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've seen him as an adult break more things in his house playing FIFA than I have anything else. I've seen about 10 remote controls. Really? I've seen about two TVs and maybe even maybe an actual window uh, get wow. shattered from playing FIFA. Wow. FIFA? Yeah. Doing it to people. Yeah. You gotta buy. Bad. You got to buy a FIFA insurance policy. These Seriously. Days. Just, just take one out ahead of time. You <laughs> should. Probably add like maybe like a times five to whatever the cost of the game is. Right. Just put that in a little jar every time you update the new game, get a new one. Just put it away because you know you'll need it at some point to get a new TV or a new controller or something. That's a uh, good warning. Put the warning label on there for the kids. <laughs> I wish you could play as Ted Lasso, by the way. I hope you can. I wish you could play like, college football as Ted Lasso. That I, I sources say Nebraska would hire Ted Lasso <laughs> if they could. But no, I would like to see Ted Lasso in his outfit outrunning the midfield on your, like, you should be able to just have a player. I you bet can, he's a playable character. I hope he is. I want him to be playable. Also, screw Nate. Because he's a backstabber and he shouldn't be in the game, but he is. It's he terrible. Is. It's too bad. Nate, I can't. What happened to you, Nate? Everybody Maybe loves he should you. manage West Ham. Mm. Oh, spicy. That could be fun. I love it. That'd be good. All right. Uh, more discussion next week. That's it for us this week. Thanks for listening. Enjoy all the soccer. We'll talk to you then.